0: Pastor Xavier Reese talks the kind of faith that makes us strong.
1: The inquiry about the spies at the house of Rahab was a crisis of faith for Rahab. The woman had to have been uneasy. The men were in the house. (laughs) She's put in a dilemma. There's a crisis here in her life. She had to make a decision. She first hit the men. She knew she was acting treacherously to the king of Jericho. She knew the men were enemies, but she made a decision.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It's easy to believe in things that have been proven, but God often asks us to believe in that which we cannot see. Today, Pastor Xavier takes us back to the book of Joshua as he brings us an incredible story of faith and a faithful God who can deliver us from even the toughest situations.
1: Let's listen. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1 through 14. And the message is entitled, Rahab, the woman of faith. Every person who was ever born into this world must make a decision personally regarding their faith in the true and living God. Either they believe in Him or they don't in the person of Jesus Christ. The age and the circumstance and situations will vary in each person. There will be no excuses. The Bible says from creation... From conscience and from the crucifixion, no one is without excuse. Nobody will stand before God and say, I never heard, I never knew. From creation without excuse, conscience without excuse, and certainly as Americans, the gospel, our whole nation was founded on the biblical principle. It's not a Christian nation, never was, but it was founded on biblical principles. You would have to demolish every monument in Washington, D.C. to deny because there's scriptures plastered all over the Washington Monuments. The Liberty Bell has a year of Jubilee on it. <laughs> but man, that's without excuse, regardless of what. Uh, 2 Peter three nine says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So no, we know that God is willing to save man, but we know that not all men are willing to be saved. It's a personal choice. And so here in our text in Joshua, the harlot uh, Rahab is a perfect example of God's willingness to save sinners. And it's introduced by the sending out of these two spies... And it unfolds in a threefold movement progressively. Let me read these 14 verses for us. Now Joshua the son of Nun sent out two men from Acacia groves to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and they came to the house of the harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come in here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. And so the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, and they have come to search out all the land or the country. Then the woman took two men and hid them and said, Yes, the men came to me, but I didn't know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut when it was dark that the men went out. And where the men went, I don't know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them, with the stalks of flax, and she had laid there in order on the roof. Now, then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, to the forest, the place of crossing, and as soon as uh, those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now, before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Saigon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And so as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in any one of us because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and earth beneath. Now therefore, I beg you, Swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and to give me a true token. And spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. So the man answered her, Our lives for yours, if none of you tell the business of ours. And it shall be when the Lord has given us a lamb that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Now, God's willingness to save sinners... Is portrayed here in a beautiful example of Rahab. And it's unfolded in a threefold movement by the sending out of the two spies. Verse 1 and 2, the sending out of the spies brought them to the house of Rahab. Then in verse 3 through 7, the inquiry about the spies at the house of Rahab. And then thirdly, in verse 8 through 14, you have the covenant of the spies with Rahab. Notice. The sending out of the spies brought them to the house of Rahab, verse 1 and 2. Often in the scriptures, we read that God directs us. And sometimes people say, well, this was just coincidence. No, you remember Ruth? It says she happened to come into the fields of Boaz. There's no coincidence with God's people. God is directing. He's coming in the land, and he's not going to reject any who open their heart to believe in the God of Israel. Here's the first example. In verse 1, we have the departure and the arrival. Joshua sent out these two men from Acacia Grove uh, to spy out secretly. as the place of the last encampment with uh, the leadership of Moses in Numbers 25.1. From there, they could see Jericho. They're on this side, the west side of the Jordan. I mean, the east side. They're looking across, and they're going to come across. In fact, here the word secret is not really secretly uh, uh, referring to their enemies, but it's secret regarding to Israel. Why? Because... 38 years ago, they sent out 12 spies. And 10 of them came back with an evil report. And those 10 turned the hearts of 2.5 to 3 million people to not enter the land. And they began the greatest death march of their life. 38 years in the wilderness. So these men were sent out without any of the people of Israel knowing. This is wisdom on account of Joshua. And they are supposed to report back to him, by the way, verse 23 is going to tell us. So nobody knew they left, nobody knew they come back, and they report straight to Joshua, the leader that got his commission. In fact, they will be the ones that, when they take Jericho, they will go into the house of Rahab and pull her and her family out. The two of them. The most interesting thing I find about this account is that these two guys aren't named. They're not important. The only one named is Rahab the harlot. She's got goal. She's a sinner. Who has opened her heart to God as you're going to see. Notice still in verse 1 that Joshua gave specific instructions. Go view the land. Especially Jericho. Now some see the lack of faith here in Joshua because he sends out the spies. But again, the text does not say that. God never rebukes Joshua for it. So if the text doesn't say something, it's best for us to shut up. We're not to read into the text at all. In fact, 38 years, as I mentioned, has passed. What general would go on reconnaissance as 38 years old? Even though God has said he's going to give him the land already. I, I presume you've moved away from where you grew up, the town. And have you, when you went back 5, 10 years later, was it the same? Some buildings weren't even there that were there. And, and you even got confused on what street, where, where, because that had changed so much. <laughs> they needed fresh reconnaissance. Kyle, the commentator, says, The help of God does not preclude human action, but rather presupposes it. There's a divine and the human that works together. We don't understand how that works, but we can't just cop out to it. Jesus spoke often about the wisdom of the children of, of the world, darkness. How sharp they are in exactness and different things. And how sometimes the children of the light are just real naive. And we need to be thinkers, we need to be sharp. To be presumptuous and careless is the seed for failure, not faith. Joshua's focus was Jericho, the key, stronghold city here, that would bring them into the promised land towards their march westward. Now, notice the man left them and they came to the house of the harlot named Rahab and they lodged there, it says. Now, some again find fault with this, the spies, because they said they came to the house of Rahab the harlot. But again, most likely it was definitely, as it says, she's a harlot, but it was also probably an end. Two birds with one stone. Okay, now, some of you after here are going to go out and, and when you walk in that restaurant, you're going to sit down and you know what? It's very possible. There's going to be fornicators in the reading. Even murderers. People who take dope. Does that make you one with them? Of course not. And so sometimes people have so many lame excuses regarding the scriptures. And they read into the scripture what it's not saying. The text does not say they went to seek out the harlot. Or they went out to seek harlots. It says they went there for lodging. Accommodations. After all. It's the oldest trade in history to get information, even today in governments. <laughs> but they weren't going for that purpose. But where else to go to an inn where they wouldn't be detected so obvious to gather information? In fact, some have tried to defend this so much that they try to change the meaning of the word harlot. The word in Hebrew is zana. And they say it means innkeeper. Innkeeper. No, it doesn't. There's no evidence for that. The word zana means illicit heterosexual intercourse. And it always refers to a woman, except for two times, one in Exodus 34:16 and Numbers 25, 1. Not only that, the New Testament commentary explicitly uses the word in Greek, like the Greek Septuagint of this text, the word porne, which we get our word pornea or Pornography. The New Testament understood Rahab was a harlot. Okay. So don't candy coat it. She was a harlot. All right. The text says that very, very clear. Notice the king in verse 2 in charge of Jericho was informed about the security breach. The information was very prompt regarding the security of the city and was told the king immediately. And um, they were aware of the presence of Israel 38 years prior to that. They were afraid, but they didn't make an advance. It's been 38 years. Now they see them. They're on the move. They're going to come over the Jordan. It's flood season. It's going to be a little tough. They don't know how, but they're afraid. And so they're very aware of their presence, and they have sentinels out. They're looking for them. Notice the information to the king was very efficient. They gave the exact time of the infiltration. Behold, men have come here tonight. The individuals were identified as from the children of Israel. And the indicated purpose was stated, to search out the country. That's great intelligence. It was immediate. We should learn from these non-believers as Christians on what we do to make sure it's prompt, it's clear, it's precise, it's immediate. Sometimes Christians are flaky. (laughs) We don't like to hear that, but that's the facts. Jack? (laughs) Andrew Jackson used to tell his men Pray And keep your powder dry The human and divine In fact um, When God is leading and guiding a person It does not exclude good common sense For preparation in life In other words God told Noah he's going to bring judgment Upon the whole world and that he would save him and his family. But then Noah had to build a boat. You know what I mean? <laughs> God did not say, poof. I like that one, Noah. Not big enough for you? He built it. 120 years. How long would you have hammered? Interesting. Some people believe God is leading them. Sometimes to marry a person. But they don't do anything to prepare themselves. They're not in the word of God. They're not praying. And um, they don't get good premarital counseling. Or they go against the counsel given to them and they get married. And the result is instant problems. Now the only thing that can be done is acknowledgement of the sin and repentance and obedience to the word of God. That's the best thing. But that's not always the case with Christians. And when people have not made proper preparations, then price that sin. And that keeps you away from obedience and rather than receiving the reproof and counsel out of people that love you you think they're judging you because we have this whole mentality of the world today especially in the United States that we're not to make any judgments well I hope you make some judgments when you leave here you know the red light means stop yellow means slow down and green means go and if you don't make any judgment on those I don't think you're going to be here next Sunday so I hope you make some judgments in life we are told that all things were written for admonition, for our learning. Lest we think we stand and we end up falling. In 1 Corinthians 10, 11 through 13. God will never allow us to be tested beyond our ability to bear it, but always give us a way of escape. The human and the divine. Remember Joseph in Egypt? Potiphar's wife? Foxy girl. Beautiful. Joseph is young. Red blood and male. She wants to seduce him. She tries to force him, takes his cloak. Joseph says, well, I tried all I could, might as well go for it. No, he runs naked. The only way of escape, first streaker in the Bible. (laughs) He took the way of escape, you understand? He knew what the divine command was and he understood the human responsibility. When a person begins to believe the things they hear or read about God, they're acting in faith. And God is using that opportunity and will use it to draw that person to himself and to reveal himself. Because they are acting on what they're hearing about God in the scriptures. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Romans ten seventeen says, you know that. Those that come to God must believe that he is and that he is the reward of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews eleven six. Hebrews 11.31 gives us a commentary regarding Rahab the harlot. Listen to it. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. When she had received the spice with peace. She believed what she heard about God. She acted upon it. The rest of the people didn't. The Bible says, but even if our gospel is veiled. It is veiled to those who are perishing Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine upon them. Second Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. You remember before you came to Christ? And your response and your thinking, and all of a sudden you heard the gospel one day, and boom, the Holy Spirit nailed you. And you knew that you knew that God sent a Son and you were a sinner and you were in some deep trouble. <laughs> And He forgave you. And what a difference it made after that. I remember to this very day, 30 years ago. Life transforming. My friends thought I had really drank a little too much or smoked one a little too many. And they were waiting for me to go back. I've buried three of my friends already. They're still waiting for me to go back. Hmm. The sending out of the spies brought them to the house of Rahab. is good common sense. Very practical. Notice, secondly, from verse 3 to 7. The inquiry about the spies at the house of Rahab. Um, In verse 3, the king sent the men, it says here to Rahab, and they arise to speak to her. And the message of the king was very direct and to be obeyed. To bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house. Um, The woman had to have been uneasy. The men were in the house. (laughs) The reason for their coming was stated very clear. They have come to search out all the country. So not just Jericho, but all the land of Canaan. She was a citizen of Jericho. She was an inhabitant of Canaan. She's put in a dilemma. There's a crisis here in her life. Notice verse 4 and 5. The woman Rahab lied to the men then. She chose to lie. She first hit the men. She knew she was acting treacherously to the king of Jericho. She knew the men were enemies, but she made a decision. And in verse 4 there, she acknowledged that the men had come to her, but that she didn't know where they were from. She was ignorant of this. Probably being a prostitute for so many years, I would imagine this comes second nature. And If you live in a lifestyle, certain things come real easy. You remember the first time you stole a candy bar? It was hard. But when you were 18, you were a pro. It didn't bother you anymore. No big deal. Or perhaps it was just sheer understanding of who God was and she feared God more than man. Which is a good thing. <laughs> but clearly the measure of light that she has was very small compared to the one you and I have. She had just heard. She hadn't seen anything. And yet she acted upon this. Nor did verify. She stated that the men at dark slipped out of the city before the gates were shut. And um, she didn't know their whereabouts. Um, she definitely had made a choice to protect her enemies. And she gave them even a decoy to put distance between the men of the city and the spies. So she told them to pursue them quickly that they may overtake them. The obvious lie here. Should not be defended. Lies are wrong. They're never ordered by God or condoned by God. There are a number of instances in the scriptures that present people lying. But they're never ordered by God or condoned by God. You have uh, the midwives of Egypt that lied to the Pharaoh and they saved the Hebrew male child. Didn't kill him. God didn't order it. He didn't condone it. This is what they did. So in other words, all these records, recordings of men and women lying, whether they are believers or non-believers, they are accurate records of what they said. But not everything that's recorded accurately is accurate in truth to God's truth. Example. In Genesis, Satan came to Adam and he will eat first. Has God said, you won't die? Now, that's an accurate statement of Satan, but it's not true biblically, right? So the Bible gives us the real genuine book, and it gives us real life records of men and women as they really are. They are human, though some of them are believers. They are human, and they have human frailties. They still are sinners. They can still fall short. And so the Bible is a real record, and lying is always wrong. But when human life is involved, and there's a principle that we'll follow through here. You guys are familiar with Cory ten Boom, right? World War II, the hiding of the Jews. The principle there is to save life, right? From an evil regime. Look at verse 6. The woman Rahab had hit the man on the roof. The uh, stacks of flax um, here are good evidence that Rahab most likely had abandoned her harlotry, her old lifestyle, and was now earning a living through making linen. This is not just reading into the text. We're going to get some New Testament confirmation of this. Now, here's the evidence that she had changed her lifestyle already. the book of James, in chapter 2, verse 25, remember Paul is speaking in Romans about faith coming first to salvation and then works come after as evidence of salvation? And then when James is talking about salvation, he's talking about once you come to faith, the evidence that you're saved is there's works, right? And he makes mention of Rahab. Listen. He says in James 2.25, Likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? What was James saying? He was saying that Rahab was saved. Her works demonstrated her faith, which verifies that she had already repented from her harlot trees. That's pretty good, huh? And she had a little bit of light, and she made a decision on what she knew. So the men pursued the spies in verse 17, went down towards Jordan, the areas of the forest, the crossings there, they shut the gates when they left. The woman was in a crisis. She made a decision. Now, we as believers should not lie when we're confronted with accurate information and truth. Nobody should use this text to say, well, you know, I can lie. Acts 5:29, They told Peter and them Not to preach in the name of Jesus He says You judge Whether we obey God Rather than man When something contradicts The word of God I obey God I don't obey man The inquiry about the spies At the house of Rahab Was a crisis of faith For Rahab She had to make a decision
0: Pastor Xavier Reese reminding us how strong faith requires equally strong decision making by way of the example of Rahab from Joshua chapter 2. And you can request a copy of today's encouraging message titled Rahab the Woman of Faith, available on CD for just $4. And make sure you share this study with someone who could use some words of encouragement. The title to ask for once again is Rahab the Woman of Faith, or simply mention today's date when you write. Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's important that you include the call letters of this station when you contact us. You may have seen the bumper sticker that says, If God seems far away, guess who moved? Find out what it takes to get close to God when you join Pastor Xavier Reese that's right here on the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California